Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Got a really good text here on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Hey Q, why is no one considering Tyree Gillespie as a safety that could contribute as a second in that too deep look? It's a really good text. I came from the 757. Appreciate that text. That's a really good one. Uh, I don't know. I think because maybe we didn't see him out there on the field very much contributing his rookie year that we somewhat forget that he's there. But, uh, yeah, I, that's that's a, that's also a good one to consider. We'll definitely get back to that conversation. But thank you for that text talking about Tyree Gillespie. Right now we have uh, our favorite guest that we have each and every week, and that's John McClain, the Hall of Famer. And, John, we do appreciate your time as always, my man. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, I saw the Media Wall of Fame that you are a part of, the John McClain Media Wall of Fame there uh, that the Texans put up there for you. Uh, another honor for you, well-deserved. But uh, how did that feel today, uh, seeing that honor and seeing that wall go up? Q, I keep being blown away. The Texans PR guy, Omar Masood, but asked me to come over there today at noon, and we're going to have lunch, he said. Well, the Texans were having their first practice that the media could see, and I saw they invited, they sent a thing out inviting the media to come to lunch at noon. And so I didn't think much of it until Omar told me I, I might want to wear a sport coat. And then I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of weird because usually they don't tell me how to dress. <laughs> so I got there. I got off my radio show in Houston. I drove over there. And I walk in, and there's like 60 people in the media. And I just, there were radio, TV people, online people, people from the Texans, a bunch of people from the Chronicle. And I walk in, and TV stations turn on their cameras. And I'm still photographer shooting pictures of me, and I'm like, okay, uh, I just I didn't know what was going on. I knew they were doing something for me, but I didn't know. And so they unveiled as you get out the escalators and you turn to go into the press box, and you're not going to be able to miss it because it's right next to a, where the coaches go in, and and uh, it says uh, John McClain Media. Hall of Fame, Media Wall Hall of Fame, and I underneath my name is the first inductee, and so it just blew me away. I just, I was stunned. I was embarrassed. <laughs> so they had a couple of people speak. Then they had uh, Cal McNair, the owner's wife, read something from her husband who had something come up and couldn't come, and so then they asked me to speak, and I got all choked up. And usually if I'm speaking and I get choked up, I try to look at something in the room and that wasn't going to be people. So I started looking at the ceiling in the back beyond everybody. So I didn't start actually crying. But and then it was funny. They brought out a big box as a present and opened it up and it was a new rake. And the reason they gave me a rake is I told a story in my memories column when I retired about hearing that the owner, Bob McNair, had a coaching prospect at his house, and I couldn't get him to answer the phone. The general manager's there. They wouldn't answer the phone. So I went over there, saw the driveway was packed, and he had a bunch of yard people working on his yard. So I got a shirt and a cap out of my trunk, and I got a rake out of the back of that yard truck, and I raked from the side of the house across the front till I got to the other side. We're talking about a mansion. And I wanted to peer into the window 
because I knew Bob McNair liked to have people in, in his library. Problem was, the doors were closed. So I raked all the way back, put the rake up, sat in my car, and when everybody left, I called Bob McNair, and he told me I was Butch Davis. He was in town. I did it as a courtesy. We're not hiring him. But when I told him what I'd done, I guess he walked out and looked and saw that great rake job because he gave me a scoop when he hired Gary Kubiak. Nice. There you go. See, that's how it's done. That's how it's done. That's right journalism there. right there. <laughs> so I got a big old red rake. And I said I didn't want Carol to see it because she might actually expect me to go out and rake the yard. I know that's right, man. I'll tell you that's the one. That's one of the great things about living here in Vegas. We really don't have a yard. We got a lot of rocks and we got a lot of fake grass. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to it worry. Was an honor. <laughs> yes, Incredible honor. That is awesome. That is awesome, John. Well, like I said, it's it's very well, uh, um, you know, deserved and everything. And I know that uh, you appreciate all the all the accolades and all the honors that you've been receiving from so many people. But uh, that's a testament to who you are, and we definitely appreciate you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So you mentioned that the Texans had a little bit of a practice, and I saw that they actually handed out a roster sheet with numbers on it, something that you had talked about last year they didn't have. How, how important is that to, to be able to have that kind of that kind of accessibility? Well, first of all, last year it was Nick Casario's first year as a general manager after 20 years in New England. And so the first, day, the first two weeks of the offseason program are about conditioning, and the coaches can't meet with the players. Second two weeks, they go on the field and have walkthroughs, throw the ball around. So the first day of that two-week period, they let the media come out, watch a little practice, and then go in and they have interviews in the media room. Well, last year, we go to practice, and the PR people pass out rosters, and I look at mine, and there's names but no numbers. (laughs) And I'm like, what the, you know what? So I go over to the owner, Cal McNair, and I hand him the roster. And I said, hey, what number is so-and-so? And And he takes it, and he's looking at it. I said, what number is so-and-so, this guy or that guy? He goes, it doesn't have any numbers on it. Why didn't it have any numbers on it? I said, well, I don't know. It's your team. Will you find out? This is ridiculous. They're doing it just to screw with us in the media. It's the Patriot way. So the next day, they had, and oh, afterwards. I did a video in which I stood to the practice field and I blasted the heck out of them and I held up a roster and I said, what good is this? This is what I think about it. And I tore it up and threw it up in the air on camera. Well, the problem is I was really stupid because it was windy. And after I finished the video, I had to go pick it all up. It must have taken me 30 minutes to pick up the pieces of that roster. But it got a lot of attention on social media and on the talk shows. And I found out Jack Easterby, executive VP of Football Ops, public enemy number one here, he's the one that did it because one time the Patriots tried it and got shut down by the league. And they got shut down here. So I tweeted today, a big shout out for them to actually pass out rosters with numbers. Right. No doubt. I saw that. And uh, I remember when they did that last year and uh, I knew that you weren't too happy about it. It makes sense. As as a guy that's covering a team here, uh, I would hate for them not to have numbers on these players. So, uh, yeah, that's very, very helpful. Uh, John, as far as the draft goes, it's a couple days away. I know it's lion season right now. You believe uh, nothing that you hear and nothing that you read because you don't know what's really going to shake out. But uh, as far as these draft prospects go, there's really nothing they can do, in my opinion, to solidify who they are or where they're going to get selected. What are your thoughts on that well first of all you're right they can't and um 
one year I remember it came out that a player had a wreck the night before and his agent didn't tell anybody and the player was drafted and the team went ballistic on the agent and the player I can't remember who it was remember another time a guy got DWI the night before nobody mm. knew it and then remember the time Laramie Tunsil six years ago yeah. some person that wanted to hurt him had him smoking a bong on a video they put it out which caused him to drop down in the first round. Miami took him. Mm-hmm. And then he was traded to Houston in 2019. And so you never know about something like that. But um, there may be a follow-up telephone call. There may be a concern about how's your rehab coming from a surgery you had. But by and large, those guys can't do anything. Most of them are headed to Vegas. They're going to have a blast. The NFL treats them and their families like royalty. And when I see players pass up the trip to the draft, I say, man, if you knew what you and your family were passing up, a one-time thing you can never do again. Joe Thomas, the great offensive tackle for the Browns, went fishing with his dad. And I'm pretty sure Joe could have gone fishing with his dad anytime. Or instead of taking his dad and his family in New York City, and have the league treat you like royalty. And anyway, that's uh, I'm happy for all those guys who are there. And right now, we don't know if the number one pick's going to be Georgia defensive end Trayvon Walker or uh, Michigan defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm not getting cute. I'm going with a guy who's got everything on tape, plays his butt off, good pass rusher, good run player, Aiden Hutchinson, as opposed to Trayvon Walker, whose stock has skyrocketed based on what he's done in shorts and T-shirts. Right, absolutely. Again, we're talking with John McClain right now here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. How do you think some of these veterans may impact this draft? And when I mean veterans, I mean guys like Debo Samuels, Baker Mayfield. How can they change the trajectory of this draft coming up in a couple days? I don't believe Debo Samuel will be traded before this draft. I think it's all about money. It's always about money. Can't imagine San Francisco to let him go. But I didn't think Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill would get traded. Remember this, Q. Samuel was not a first-round pick. Neither was Devontae Adams. Neither was D.K. Metcalf. Samuel, Tyreek Hill, none of those guys, A.J. Brown, were first-round picks. So everybody that wants a wide out in the first round, they may think twice and think about taking a guy in the second round or maybe even the third and draft another new position because this is not a great draft for wide receivers. doesn't stack up to last year. Jamison Williams of Alabama had not suffered a torn ACL in the championship game. He'd be a top-five pick. Now he's probably going to be top half of the first round. But um, for some, I think for the reasons that you can get good wideouts in the first round or after the first round, some teams have philosophy. They're just reluctant to give them the big bucks. Other teams have no problem with it, and it's going to be fun over the next three or four years to see who was right. Miami, Green Bay, uh, you know, what do the Packers do with the draft choices? What do Derek Carr and Devontae do together? Same thing with Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa. So it's going to take about three years to see who won. Hopefully, both sides win, and that's why you make a trade. You hope it's win-win, but most of the time, it's not. All right, John, I'm your biggest fan, 
and I saw that the Houston Sports Awards, they unveiled the newest Hall of Fame class, and you weren't in it. Who do I need to write a letter to or petition to to get you into the next one? Damon, thank you very much, but uh, it's going to be hard for me to get in it when I'm the chairman of the selection committee. Okay. And we have so many great, we do three a year, and we have so many great athletes from Houston. There's not going to be anybody in the Hall of Fame in the media for probably 30 years. We still got every Oiler Hall of Famer not in there, like Warren Moon, Bruce Matthews, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Earl Campbell's in. He was in the first class with Nolan Ryan and Akeem Olajuwon. This year we put in Clyde Drexler, Roger Clemens, Cheryl Swoops, and uh, it's a it's it's a huge event here, Demond. People eat it up. We give them a great white jacket like the gold jacket that goes with all the famer. Give them a big old gaudy ring, and they take a lot of pride in it. I was sitting in a group with Simone Biles and Carl Lewis, Dr. J, who was presenting Clyde Drexler, Rudy Tomjanovich, uh, Jose Cruz, it's a Warren Moon. It's just an incredible night. And uh, but thank you for the kind words. But if I have anything to do with it, I'll be dead before they put a media person in there. <laughs> I heard that again. We're talking with John McClain here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. John, just got a couple more quick questions for you. I wanted to know. We were asking this question the other day. How long does it take for you to realize? if a regime, a front office, is a really good front office, if they know exactly kind of what they're doing. You know, like I look at the Ravens, and I think they have a sharp front office. I think the Seahawks do really good as well. There's other teams around the league that do a good job. But how long do you think it typically takes? I think you get a good idea of what they're doing after two or three years. And I think the fact that the Raiders have two guys who are friends who have been together a long time, they're less likely to have a falling out. Some do have fallen outs. Coaches get mad if they don't have final say. Sometimes if the GMs, like we all knew John Gruden had final say over Mike Mayock. That's just the way it was. I'm not in favor of that. I want a general manager to have final say and work closely with the coach. I think the Raiders are in a good situation with both of the guys. They thought are at McDaniels knowing each other and working together rather than coming to a stranger. And I think it's going to be hard for them because they're taking over a playoff team. Uh, do they need to go to a Super Bowl to know they're doing a good job? You know, it's almost it, it's good for them they're taking over a playoff team. but And it's not easier for, say, like Nick Casario came here last year after being in New England 20 years and just doing a starting over, tearing it down, a massive rebuild. I think what I know of Casario now he knows what he's doing, but getting the players and knowing you got the head coach and assistant coaches, they got to coach them. They got to develop them. You got to get your quarterback. That's another thing. You know, Josh McDaniels got his quarterback. So uh, I think the Raiders in a great situation, but uh, I think for them, considering the team's already winning, it'll take two or three more years to see can they take them to the next level in the toughest division I've ever seen, top to bottom. Final question for you, Baker Mayfield. He's still a member of the Cleveland Browns. Does he get traded to the Panthers before the draft or after the draft? I would think he's going to be traded after the draft, and I'm Seattle. I want him. Mm. He's hungry. He's in the last year of his contract, chip on his shoulder. He's got his left shoulder fixed surgically. And if you think about he's had how many head coaches, offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches, and systems, how much better would he be if he had stability, say that Josh McDaniels, 
coaching him every year in the same system, and he wasn't playing on Lake Erie, where the wind is worse, consistently worse, than any stadium in the league, how much better would he be? If I'm Seattle, Carolina, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, any of them. Now, Pittsburgh's not going to get him unless they cut him. But any of those teams, I would be interested in Mayfield when he's hungry and when he's in a contract year. Boom. There he is. The general has spoke. That's John McClain right here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. John, you got anything that you're putting out? Any work that you're doing uh, on the side right now? Yeah, I've been doing a draft series in the Houston Chronicle for uh, TexasSportsNation.com, doing freelance, be doing my grades. Sunday, I have my last position in eight-part series today, and I've been tweeting a whole lot yeah, you have. About, my, about my opinions of the draft. There it goes. Well, John, thank you so much for your work. Congratulations again on the, on the honor that you got there in Houston, and uh, we appreciate you as always, my man. Q and DeMond, thank you very much. Enjoy the draft. You guys are going to have a blast. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. Thank you. There he goes. The great John McClain joining us each and every Tuesday at 3 o'clock. We definitely appreciate hearing from him. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a dude who got it done one way, one how, right? My man was raking the lawn. <laughs> my, mom, my man was up here tearing up papers and throwing them up in the air. My man did it and still is on the media wall of fame. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't mad. I ain't never going to complain about working too hard when my man's out there raking the lawn at a mansion. I can only imagine how many leaves he had out there that he was working on. I know what I need to do to impress Mr. Davis now. <laughs> What's that big-ass house that we saw the picture of? You're going to be out there. Look, it gets windy out here, too. Look, we ain't got no lawn. I had to get the blower out the other day. I have to. I always, I always have to use the vacuum's uh, attachment on the blower mm-hmm. to suck up all the leaves and all the debris that gets in the lawn. Hey, look, man, it's, and, and mine's fake lawn. Mine ain't no real lawn, but I, that takes a while, too. It's not the same as having to mow the lawn and all that stuff. Like, I'm still catching a break. But, brother, when that wind starts blowing around here, it starts blowing. Many thanks to John McClain for joining us there in the segment. Uh, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you. Got a lot of good texts that we'll definitely get to. 69187, keyword r and That's a Salmon Ash text line. And then, of course, 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you as well. Uh, this is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 324 is the time. Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, the lacrosse team that'll be here. In the 702 will join us in a matter of minutes. But we do want to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text sign at 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you put that R&R in the message, and that'll make sure that it gets to us. Let's go out to a very patient ABA, Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, how's it going? It's, how y'all doing today? Chilling, man. Chilling. I heard that. Well, the mom said I got two minutes, so um, I'm going to go <laughs> you ahead. You can use it uh, next minute, then. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's a program that we're working on the ABA that I want to offer to the uh, to the Raider Nation first because it hasn't come out yet, but it just started. It's when you get paid to exercise, a penny a calorie. You could just just regular walking like you normally walk, or do what the mind do, you know, go to the gym and exercise, and you cash out at ten dollars, three hundred dollars maximum. You just all you gotta do is click on some ads. You know, you don't have to buy nothing. You can you use money to buy ads. But once this cash out, you just, you know, fill out some kind of form or something, cash out, 
and, that, and that's, that's that's how it works. That's a two minute version. All right, hey, thank you, for, thank you for that that uh, PSA slash advertisement. I like that, but your phone was a little muffly on that one. But I think I got the gist of it. Uh, basically, he said, "What you got to do? You get you can choose to work out, or you can pretend to work out, and you can still get paid for." It. Was that what it was? Yeah, but the payout being ten dollars, I mean a penny, a penny a calorie. I mean, okay. I mean, right. money's money. I mean, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, look, believe me, I'm not turning my head on no money. All money's good money, brother. If I could make $2 or $200, I'm going to do it. Just saying. I like that. Let's go. Let, thank you for the call, ABA Ivan Davis. We appreciate you. Uh, let's go out to our guy, Stove. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What, what's up, Q? All right, I got a few points I want to fly through. First of all, John McClain coming on each week during his retirement says an unbelievable amount about him and an incredible amount about your relationship with him, and, and thank you for that because he's awesome every week. Absolutely. Uh, Lambeau Field. Lambeau Field, I went there a few years ago. Unfortunately, I witnessed Derek Carr's second fumble through the end zone, mm. but the place was amazing. We should have won the game, and uh, thankfully I was there on a day with sunshine and no snow. Let me get to the main point here, Darren Waller. I'll, I'll give you the unpopular opinion that, that he is overrated. And hear me out on this, all right? Okay. He is great. I love having him. But he cannot be a game-changing number one receiver on his own. After that first game last year, six of his next eight games, he had 65 or less yards in, in, uh, per game and one total touchdown. Part of the reason I think he's overrated is because he had 19 targets on opening night last year when the entire country was watching him. He pretty much disappeared after that because teams game-planned against him and the Raiders couldn't do a whole lot about it, all right? Mm -hmm. That said, he is now in position to have a career year with the Raiders. Right. With Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, okay? He's going to get more on the trade market a year from now mm -hmm. when he's asking the Raiders for all of that money, and that will be the time to trade him. Imagine what this offense is going to be like with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Devontae Adams, and you try and guard against against any of them, Darren Waller is going to have an amazing year, but he is not a number one receiver. Uh, as for the draft, I'm bringing my sons to Vegas. Nice. because Even though we don't have a pick in the first two rounds, I'm probably less prepared than most years, but I cannot wait. It's going to be a, an incredible party. And let me just say one more thing uh, about Debo. One thing I find really interesting is that the Dolphins' new head coach is the former 49ers offensive coordinator. And had they known that Debo was going to be available, Tyreek Hill would be a Jet right now because they would have given as much as they could to get Debo down in South Florida. Those are just some thoughts. Good point. You, you're the best. Damon, go for it. Hey, great stuff, man. Great call right there. We definitely appreciate that. And you know it's funny? And I wanted to bring this to the table, and maybe we can do this tomorrow. But I'll just throw this little nugget out there. I know we talk about the previous regime and their failures and different draft picks. It didn't work out. Uh, there's a lot of things that the old regime attempted to do. It just didn't work out. Example, this new regime brought in Devontae Adams. The old regime tried to bring in Antonio Brown to get the same kind of results that everyone's expected for Devontae Adams. But obviously, A.B. has a lot of issues going on. So that was a gamble. But the point was they tried to, they tried to make the same similar move, go get a big-time alpha and then all of a sudden it opens up the offense and make everyone better. Because I think we all agree Devontae Adams in this offense is going to be that much better, right? Okay, so how about this? And then we'll take a quick break. How about Debo Samuel? Everyone loves what he brings to the table right now, right? Why? Why do they love what he brings to the table? Versatility. Okay, what does he do? 
He catches, he runs from the backfield, okay. he does it all. What, who does that sound like that the Raiders tried to draft in the third round a couple years ago? Lynn Bowden Jr. I know it didn't work out. I know it didn't work out, but what was said? He's going to be a joker. He's going to do the a little joker. bit of everything. So I don't think that the old regime was actually off on their thoughts. They just didn't pick up the right ingredients. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a very good chef. I'm not a good cook at all. I, I'm good at microwaving things. So if I go, if the wife sends me to the store and says, pick up these ingredients, I'm most likely going to come back with the wrong ones. But I have an idea of what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to have their back. I'm just saying, Debo Samuel is what everyone wants right now. Gruden wanted his Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel. You're giving them the an, a, an A for effort. I'm not giving them an A for anything because it's all about results. But I can see where they were going with it. That's all. 3.30 is the time. When we come back, Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. He's going to join us next to talk about the newest lacrosse team, the Las Vegas lacrosse team. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. The National Lacrosse League has its 15th expansion team. It was announced, the name was announced earlier today. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Team ownership includes somebody, some, some folks you might have heard of. Wayne Gretzky, Dustin Johnson, Steve Nash, Joe Sy. Some guys you probably heard of. Pretty big names. Well, that's right. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs are the newest NNL, the NLL, excuse me, National Lacrosse League team. And right now, we got the CEO on the phone lines. We definitely appreciate uh, your time this afternoon. Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. Thank you so much. And, and one, the name, I like it, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. How did you guys come up with the name, the Desert Dogs? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we announced our team back last summer and went through a pretty comprehensive process where um, we allowed uh, the community to log on to our website. At the time, it was uh, we were just named Las Vegas Lacrosse up until yesterday, uh, and we had over uh, 2,500 submissions. Nice. And they were uh, some were incredibly uh, talented, interesting uh, submissions. Some were, you know, certainly more on the very interesting side. But uh, ultimately. Um, you know, Desert Dogs ended up being one of the top choices, and uh, we really like it. We, we like what it uh, represents. You know, it's, uh, Desert Dogs are fast, scrappy, and, you know, they, they run a pack. So there's, you know, teamwork and loyalty, humility, hard work like that. That's everything that we want to be uh, here in this community. Uh, so we, we really, uh, we're really happy to unveil the name today and, um, you know, it seems like uh, the community's really responding to it. Right, no doubt about it. And you can check out the Las Vegas Desert Dogs on LasVegasDesertDogs.com. And, and the thing about it, and I've been saying this for a while, Mark, is that this Las Vegas community is growing so much. And there's just teams after teams, sports after sport. We know about the other professional teams and leagues that want to be here in Las Vegas. But uh, to be able to get your boots in the in, in the ground here in Las Vegas, how, how important and special was that to be able to to launch this lacrosse team here in Las Vegas? Incredibly important because, and thank you for asking the question, Q. I mean, incredibly important because, um, you know, this ownership group, uh, they want to grow the game. They want to grow the sport. And because Vegas is such a vibrant and growing community uh, and has accepted, you know, sports as part of its DNA so well, 
you know, it, it just made total sense. I mean, I, I think, you know, we, we sold a bunch of tickets already in pre-sale uh, coming into today. We're selling season tickets on our website now and, and by calling us. Um, but it, it, we've noticed that there's a lot of folks who have never been to a lacrosse game or a box lacrosse game, a national lacrosse league game. But they're really just, they love supporting, you know, Vegas sports. And that's not true with every city. Um, and that's why I think you're seeing a lot of, you know, other franchises, both at the major league level and some at the minor league level, look at Las Vegas as a very competitive sports market because fans uh, just want to support the local team. And we found that to be really special. All right, Mark, not only is the name cool, but the logo. So what was the process on signing off on this logo? You got the dog with the two lacrosse sticks in the mouth and the LV on the forehead. I love the logo. Saw a little sneak peek of some of the merch that you guys are going to be giving away, and I think it looks cool. Need to get my hands on some of that. So what was the final decision to make this logo the one? Yeah, I mean, we're excited about it. Uh, it's received. Uh, been received by you know the very passionate fans in Las Vegas relatively well, and we're just going to continue to innovate, find ways, uh, you know, to engage with fans on it. Um, you know, there might be more to come. Uh, you know, so, like, the sharp lines in the logo, that's meant for scrappiness and aggression and fierceness. And then the, the nature of how the dog looks uh, represents kind of, you know, our forward thinking and the vibe and energy of the city and what we want the team to be. Um, and then the desert dog, you know, just in, in itself represents humility, you know, hard work, uh, you know, loyalty. The LV, there's an LV on the forehead that represents kind of the badge of honor for the city. Um, and the black and white is the desert night. So that's like all of that went into, you know, many months of planning and you know, different drafts. And, and this is where we, you know, where it's come to be. And uh, we're just scratching the surface with some of the things we're going to put out. I mean, we've gotten a lot of good feedback on our merchandise, you know, even back uh, when we launched last summer. So, um, you know, we're sticking with, you know, the black and white. We really like the, you know, the vibe. And uh, so far, it seems like uh, the public likes it. Talking right now with Mark Fine, CEO of the Las Vegas Desert Dogs, Las Vegas lacrosse team here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I want to ask you this because I know the first season is going to get started in December. You're going to play uh, the home games at the Michelob Ultra Arena inside Mandalay Bay. Uh, we're used to seeing the, the Aces play there. We play their games right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, wanted to ask you about... Uh, just what uh, a fan that might not be as familiar with lacrosse as they are with football or they are with basketball, yeah. what should they expect to see from a Las Vegas Desert Dogs team? Well, so here's the thing. So you, you got Wayne Gretzky and Steve Nash are Canadians. This is a game that's very popular in Canada, the box game, the indoor game. You know, Wayne and Steve played the game growing up, and that's why you know they had a lot of interest in being part of uh, an ownership team to bring the sport here. It's it's very much like hockey in the sense that it's really fun to watch in person. It's really fun to watch live. It's the same perimeters of a hockey rink. You've got the dasher boards and plexiglass. It's just the carpet kind of rolled over. Um, it's higher scoring. So your average score is like 15 to 12. So there's a lot of scoring. It's four 15-minute quarters. Uh, there's a lot of hard hitting. There's some fighting. Again, I would compare it most to hockey, and that's where I think when we look at the Las Vegas market, 
and you know, so far with uh, you know, in pre-sale, you know, the VGK fan, the hockey fan, uh, really relates uh, to this game. It's the same demographic, it's the same psychographic of that fan. And you may have seen, you know, we we've done some you know promotional advertising around VGK games. We've done some you know uh, things from a digital perspective. We're we're reaching out to that sports fan. Um, so we really think that you know the hockey fan. Uh, will really like this game once they see it live and in person. All right, Mark. Now, the expansion draft is in July. Is there going to be a big event that the team is going to hold for when you draft the players that are going to be on this inaugural team? Yeah, we're, we're putting that together right now. And your expansion draft is very similar to what you had seen just a few years back with VGK. I think, you know, our hopes is actually to bring a lot of our players after we draft them into the marketplace uh, to do, you know, uh, a few days or a week inside the community before they actually end up uh, relocating here. Uh, just to, you know, get out, teach the game, um, you know, meet various community and business leaders, uh, and, and really most importantly, meet with kids uh, and get them excited. And I think that this sport, which is a little different, is that you're going to see our guys, you know, Monday through Thursday, because most of our games are on Fridays and Saturday nights, you're going to see our guys actually out on the fields, uh, you know, teaching kids uh, both at the field game uh, and in the box game in Las Vegas. I think that's what's going to make our product, our brand, you know, pretty special. Is that you know, you, you could have a ten-year-old son or daughter, and they're being trained by you know one of our players or the best box lacrosse players in the world uh, on a Monday or Tuesday night, and then you're going to Michelob Ultra Arena at Mandalay Bay on a Friday or Saturday, and you're you're seeing them in front of uh, eight, nine thousand people. Nice, I like it. Field. I like it a lot, man. I like it a lot. I like the uh, infrastructure. I like the. I like how everything is starting to come together with it. Uh, the name is cool, like Demond said, and obviously the logo as well. The Las Vegas Desert Dogs. You can check them out, LasVegasDesertDogs.com. Mark, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We'll have to get uh, Sean on the show as well, the GM and the head coach. We'll have to get him on the show as well to talk uh, about the team, if uh, if that's okay with you. Yeah, we're going to get that going. We're going to make that happen. I appreciate that. He's, he's fantastic and uh, is going to be great for the community and great for our organization. Well, Thanks, guys, for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's what we're all about, man. We're all about the community as well. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, there you go. Another uh, another big-time team coming to the market, the Las Vegas Desert Dogs. I like that. And uh, that's a hell of a logo, like you mentioned. LasVegasDesertDogs.com, 702-818-DOGS. 341's the time. Come back. We'll close out the show. Raider Nation, still want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line. Wide open like some old school TV antenna. 69187. Keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Last time that I checked, it was That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there. I just feel something about my I just feel a little something about myself, man, when I hear this song. This makes someone who's not a hip-hop fan just kind of feel some kind of way. Just saying. I like that. I like that a lot. Got a text from uh, Raider 8 Joe 1. Not a fan of the Desert Dog. It's really cool that LV got a pro lacrosse team, but I think they could have done better. Not my opinion. Not that my opinion matters. 
Desert Dog sounds like a nice buttery toasted bun with a big fat bacon wrap hot dog. Man, that sounds like you at the ball game. <laughs> That's what that sounds like. You smell like you've been a lot of time at the baseball at the uh, at the diamond. <laughs> yeah, he said, maybe I'm just really hungry right now. I heard that. Love y'all, Raider Nation. Love y'all, Q and DeMond. That's from Raider 8 Joe 1. I'm not mad. I He's like giving that. him a good creative pitch right. to have the best hot dogs in all of Vegas. Right, right. No doubt. I mean, I like how he, hey, man, he, he brought it all. Nice buttery toasted bun with a big fat bacon wrap hot dog. Spicy dry rub seasoning. Diced onions and jalapenos topped off with some tasty secret sauce. <laughs> That's the best part. I mean, the yeah, secret sauce. yeah, the secret sauce, man. That thing gonna cost you twenty five dollars. That ain't gonna come cheap. That's a desert dog for real. <laughs> Let me get the desert dog. I had no, hey, look, I didn't think, and I was not gonna go in that direction at all. Because the logo is pretty dope, <laughs> but man, that's funny. That's funny that uh, that's funny that he said that. And I think that uh, Raider H O one is just really, really hungry. Call Mark back and be like, "So, what are the food options right, going to be right. looking like?" Look, we got to work on the concession stand, bro. We got some good ideas here from Raider H O one. Look, that, hey man, you might have came up with something though. You might get that 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 Raider H O one dog. You know what I mean? Like that could be an exclusive. How, matter of fact, speaking of, of of dogs, did you see that that video of that dude? Dipping his hot dog into beer. I did see at that at the baseball game, and people like arrest him. First of all, hot dogs are gross anyway, in my opinion. I'm a hot link guy. Hot dogs are gross, but you drink beer and eat hot dogs at the same time. So as long as you don't have no condiments on it, I don't really see the problem with what the next man is doing with his hot dog. Not your hot dog, but his. I mean, that's a take. But <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's the wrong take. But it's a take. <laughs> DeMond's like, I'm not with you there, dog. <laughs> Come on, Q. What, no, seriously. I mean, it doesn't bother you, but you ain't looking at the guy weird. Why? If we put, like, let's say, um, which, what's that one restaurant we went to? It had dog in the name. Oh, but it was Lazy Dog. Yeah, we went to Lazy Dog. Yeah. And it, let's say if it didn't have any condiments on it, but I dipped my burger in my beer, you wouldn't look at me sideways? I mean, I'm going to look at you sideways anyway. I mean, yeah, the burger is a little different story. Okay, so, but uh, let's, say, let's say I order a hot dog. Okay. I dip my hot dog I in mean, my beer. Not, you're at a restaurant, though. He's at a baseball game sitting in the stands by himself, by the way. It's not like he was sitting there with his homeboys. He was there by himself. And he was just like, you know what I mean? Like, no one would have even known if someone hadn't taken a video of it and, and tweeted it out and were like, oh, my gosh, arrest this guy. Why would he do besides dip his hot dog in a beer, which you do anyway? Not you don't dip it in there, but you drink it and eat a, you drink a beer and you eat a hot dog anyway together, right? Q, what you're saying, in theory, it makes sense, but that's why, oh, you like the person, it's all going Joey, in the same place. Joey Chestnut does it every every 4th of July. He'll dip uh, his hot dog in the water, and then he'll pound 89 of them down his throat. Yo, man, that man's an athlete. Dog, I get sick just thinking about that. That just makes <laughs> that makes me have to do two di- different things. One throw up, and the other one, well, you, I can't say on the radio. But I'm just saying. But anyway, I was just, and when he started talking about dogs, I started thinking about that. Now we're on this food thing. Now I'm like judging people by the way they eat their food. I shouldn't do that. Let's go out to the phone line. 702-365-9200. Raider Rod is back. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Thanks for letting me come back. Man, you know what? I'm, I got to say I'm with you on this whole dog thing. Thank you. Because when when you make your brats, we boil that stuff in beer. Boom. So, you know you know what I'm saying. It, I do. Um, it all and and yeah, Demond. It all goes to the same place. So yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> real quick, what I what I was gonna call to say about I would like to see the Raiders come away with somebody like like a Troy Anderson. You know, some good mm-hmm. speed on the back end. Mm-hmm. Somebody that we can build around for the future. 
Um, you know, Daniel Falele would be great, but I don't think he's going to be there. You know, um, and I, I kind of have a suspicion that that that, that the team is kind of playing the long game and going to see what happens with um, cuts and roster trim downs. I still think we could add a, a wily veteran or. Yeah. Wiley Desert Dog kind of dude <laughs> on the back end. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're get, saying. I'm picking it up. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, you know, we could get one of those. And um, you know, I'm I am so excited about this. I took um, Thursday and Friday off. I got um, me the family a spot at the link. Um, I'm nice. just, I'm taking my kid out of school. And any dads out there, this you know, hopefully it's not a once in a lifetime opportunity. But you know, you never know. It's here in Vegas. Um, do do a, do a cool thing. Take your kids out. Take your daughter out. Let's yes. go enjoy that NFL experience. Yes, that's hey. what I'm going to do. And uh, thank you for my time, guys. No doubt. Thank you for the call, Raider Rob. We appreciate you. And yes, that's good fathering right there. That is excellent fathering. Take your kids out of school. Hear me loud and clear. This is an opportunity you might not get another chance. I'll tell you right now. My grandfather, rest his soul, he used to take my mom and and her sister and and, and the rest of the family. He used to take them out of school to go to the baseball game. Back in the Bay, used to go across the bridge to the Giants game or go to go to the Coliseum if it was an important baseball game. You got to go. There's certain things that are, I don't want to say more important than school, but there's certain things that, you know, you can make up tomorrow. Now, I'm not saying something that, you know, don't miss a big important test. Don't, don't do that because I said so. We all know how I did in school. My priorities weren't straight. But there's certain things that you can make up, man, that you can't always get back. Like Raider Rod said, you don't know I expect the draft will be back here, but I don't know when. So you might as well take advantage while you can. Super Bowl is going to be here in a couple years. Uh, when when they have Radio Row and it's available and open for the fans to come and experience it, go check it out. Take some time ex- and experience it. Because you don't know when it's going to come back. And, I mean, it's in your backyard. Someone asked me that today. Craig in our promotion department asked me that today. When I was in Central Texas, man, we had to drive an hour and a half to, to Dallas. We had to drive an hour and a half to, to, Arlen, or to Austin. We had to drive three hours to Houston. From where I was at. So everything was a, a drive. Everything, dog, that we're having here is in our backyard. It literally takes me 10 minutes to drive from my house to uh, Allegiant Stadium on game day. It's literally going to take me, well, it's going to take me more than 15 minutes to get to the draft because it's going to be so much traffic. But the point is, it's right here in my backyard. So that's what Craig was like. He's like, man, have you ever experienced something where there's so much in your own backyard? I was like, no. Nothing since being in the Bay Area and being there when the A's, the Warriors, and the, the Raiders all play in the same parking lot. And that was it. But I wasn't covering them. I was just going there as a fan. This, I mean, this is what we do for our job, and it's all in our backyard. I don't think people here in this building, on this radio station, I don't think that they understand the convenience of having everything in their backyard. Because a lot of guys like Clay have been here forever. So he doesn't know what it's like to be somewhere else, and you have to go starving, and you have to go way out of your way to try to find and, and, and get these contacts and talk to people. Have it in your backyard, it's a surreal feeling. It's wild, man. We all got to take advantage because, again, you don't know when this is going to happen again. And that's why when it comes to the coverage of the draft, Clay is going to be all over it. I'm going to be all over it. You're going to be all over it. JT is going to be all over it. Vinny's all over it. Like, we have this thing covered. Right around, he did just give me, like, that little shot in the back. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm a little bit more excited for it. Yeah. Because when you see people that are in this city, I'm taking my kids right. out of school because I want to be As a part of should. this. As you should. And it makes me feel a little bit even more honored that we get to work. We get to consider this work. Right. And just cover it. No doubt. I mean, and people are coming here. Look how many different people. Hell, we got Bart Scott sitting in our damn lobby in the morning. Like, we had our dude from Comp 
uh, this, our sister station that actually airs the the Raider games on the FM. He was like, "Hey, Q, am I mistaken, or is that Bart Scott sitting in our in our lobby?" I was like, "No, it's Bart Scott." What's he doing here? The draft. Everybody's here because of the draft. Everyone's like, hey, I'm making my way to Vegas. I'm going to hit you when I get here. I can't possibly answer the phone as many times as people are going to hit me. And I'm a little dude, like, as far as, like, people knowing me. But everyone's coming to town. They can't wait. They all want to be here. Everything is here. So if you live here and if you're coming here, just come here and take advantage of it. It is right here for everyone to soak in. It is, it is just unbelievable. We just got a tweet from Rossi. This desert dog thing is taking off, man. This is going to be like a sideshow to the show now. Rossi just tweeted, every Monday and Friday, it's Q and his desert dog, Damon, on Raider Nation Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Uh, John Randall, right? Oh, yeah. That used to do the barking? Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. All face painted up and everything. Yeah, John Randall. John Randall was from, he was from a part of Texas. John Randall's from, and I used to drive through it. I forget. It's not Mart. It's a little small city. I forget, but yeah, he was from there. Uh, I remember his name used to be on the wall. Go ahead. I know you're going to Google it. DeMond is like the fastest internet dude ever. He gets on this thing, and every time I I have a little issue, that's why I need to have guys like this that have my back. Because anytime that I have any kind of question of what I'm trying to remember. He went to a high school at Hearn. Am I saying that right? Hearn, Texas. Yep, there it is. Hearn. Small city in Hearn. There you go. The only reason I know is because I used to drive through there on my way from Houston back to Central Texas, and on the wall it said, home of John Randall. It was that little small city where you can't drive through it because it's going to be a speed trap. Like, you're going 70. All of a sudden, you're like 30. If you're not going 30, it's a wrap. Shout out to John Randall. I like that. Good reference here. Got a lot of Texas in, got a lot of Texas in uh, Las Vegas ties that we got going on on the show here. But good stuff, man. A lot of great feedback on the show today. A lot of great calls. A lot of great texts. Sir Whiskey Ray said, "Q for the first time in recent memory, I feel so insecure because of all this draft talk. I hope Demon keeps me in his mind. Sincerely, Kayla." <laughs> Had to get one Kayla reference on the show before we wrap things up. Vinny Bossignor, he's coming up next. He's locked and loaded for the next two hours. Has a fantastic show for you. So Raider Nation, light it up. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line 69187. Hit up the insider and give him all you got, all your thoughts. Coming up next is Vinny on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'll holler.